is Brooke, and you're listening to the Vintage Gardener New Jersey podcast, which is where I give you tips and tricks in gardening, particularly if you're like me and you garden in the southern New Jersey, which is zone 7A. So I apologize that I have not been in, on here for a while. I have been busy gardening. If you guys are following me on YouTube, uh, my YouTube channel is the Vintage Gardener NJ. You have been seeing all the projects that I've been working on. I have been planting the parterre garden and I have gotten a lot of it done. I have, I have more, I mean, <laughs> I just do. But I gotta be honest with you guys, I'm running out of steam because I have been doing gardening or just gardening stuff since September of last year. I really haven't had a break. So I am kind of looking forward to the fall when I could finally, you know, stop working out in the garden. Uh, but I know that all the hard work I am doing now will pay off for next year. So on today's episode, I'm going to be doing a mid-season review. So I'm going to be talking to you about uh, my winter sewing results and all that other stuff, uh, telling you what I'm going to change in the process for next year. And that way, if you guys are considering doing the winter sewing method, you guys will kind of be, you'll get that leg up for next year. Okay, so first things first, let's talk about the soil. Uh, so if you guys remember from my YouTube, one of my YouTube videos, I told you guys that I was going to be doing some soil, uh, soil comparisons. I was going to be uh, testing head-to-head -head various brands of soil. So I used Espoma, I used uh, Bumper Crop, I used Happy Frog. I think I think it was the Happy Frog mix or. or yeah, it was one brand of the Happy, Happy. it was either Happy Frog or like the Fox brand. All I know is that it was brightly colored. I think it was the Happy Frog. And then I did uh, this brand called Twin Oaks, uh, which is a, I guess, a professional mix that I got from Haynes uh, Garden Center. And I got, uh, I think it was called Frey. It's in a purple and white bag. And then I did Pro Mix BX. Okay, so first things first, do not, I repeat, do not use Espoma potting soil. You know, I had used Espoma before in just like potted plants, and I did notice that they tended to dry out, but because I wasn't really doing a head-to-head -head comparison, you know, I didn't really pick up on it. On top of that, I was wearing gloves especially when i'm outside i was i always tend to wear gloves so i really wasn't feeling the consistency of it but when i was doing winter sewing i was wearing a pair of like um kitchen gloves so they were very very thin so i could feel consistency and quite frankly it felt horrible it just had a lot of bark and twigs in it and yeah so i just didn't like the way it feel and quite frankly it did not perform well uh, the Spoma does not retain moisture enough. Quite frankly, even as a potting mix for outdoor plants, I just don't like it. I just don't like the Espoma. Um, there were a number of plants that I started in the Espoma. I got really poor germination or I got no germination at all. For example, I did not uh, get any of my Pacific Giant Delphiniums. And there was another type of delphinium I had. Like there's two different types of delphinium I grew and I just didn't get any. And the ones that I did get, it was very, the germination was very, very spotty. And so, but the thing is when I looked at those cups, they were super dry. 
and I always had to add additional moisture. Uh, the only thing that I, sorry about that. <laughs> I'm starting early in the morning. I didn't realize my alarm clock was going off. Um, it, the, it, the only thing I would say that actually germinated and germinated really well in that was the blue and breezy flax that I grew. That did absolutely amazing in there. But overall, I would never use a spoma again. Uh, bumper crop, uh, the happy frog or the fox brand, which whichever one it was, the twin oaks and fray all worked, I think, equally well. It's just a matter of economics. Uh, the twin oaks brand that I got came in like almost like a three cubic foot bale. So, and I think they were they charged me like sixteen ninety nine. So, cost wise, that was like that was I think probably one of the most. Um, it was definitely one of the most uh, economical brands. And like I said, it worked well. But hands down, my favorite is the Promix BX. I bought that because I was doing um, chrysanthemums and it it has a decent, it holds moisture. It's not too much, not too little, it's just right. The thing I liked about the Promix BX is that it's got mycorrhizal fungi in it. And so it really does root development well. And so I did start some seeds in there. Uh, like for example, I did some lupine, which actually I gotta go start some more. I also did zinnias and everything. And within a few short weeks, like when I actually pulled those things out of the containers to plant them, and quite frankly, I don't even think those seedlings had been in there a month. Number one, they grew like crazy. And the reason they grew like crazy is because they had hardcore root development. Like, you know, I'm growing these in solo cups. So, you know, it, it has a really, you know, that had a deep, you know, soil well in it. And the roots had gotten to the bottom and it wasn't just like one thing I noticed about the other soils is that the root would kind of go all the way to the bottom and then start kind of spiraling and it wouldn't really fill in in the center. But with the um, that mycorrhizal fungi, I mean, it was just root from like top to bottom. And so next year I will definitely only be using the Promix uh, BX blend because I really, really like it. Um, Promix also has like container, uh, like have potting soil and that sort of thing. I'm using that in the garden and I used it for my Daphne. Absolutely wonderful. So I, I definitely recommend the Promix blend of soil. So now let's go on to containers. So as you guys know, the big thing this year was the Solo Cup Terrarium. It was kind of interesting because I noticed a couple people on Instagram tried it. Um, if you guys are trying it, I do have a hashtag. It is hashtag solo cup terrarium. Um, please hashtag what you guys are doing so I can see um, see what you guys are doing. And it's just, it's a lot of fun. It was, um, I think, you know, first off, it was just so easy to do. Um, it's not like the milk jugs where you gotta cut them, tape them. I mean, you basically were filling the cup, you know, you drilled a hole in the bottom of the cup, you filled it with soil, you popped that milkshake lid on, and you were done. It was really, really easy. And you can do a lot because as you guys saw, I did over 2000. <laughs> um, so did I like it? Absolutely, I liked it. Like I said, I think in combination with that with that plus this, uh, the Promix BX, I think next year I'll have even better results than I did this year. 
Is there anything I would change? Yes, there is one thing I would change. For plants that have tap roots, like for example, uh, the, the sweet pea and the poppies, I'm actually going to use the five inch deep plug trays that um, I got from when I got like order 200 germander. I also did go online and see a greenhouse store where I can get some more. Uh, actually, probably the sunflower would do well with that as too. The, I think the poppies and like I said, sweet pea and sunflower, they, because they have tap roots, they really don't, you know, I don't want to disturb the root, disturb the roots. And in some cases, I think I did a little bit, but I got to be honest, they did recover pretty well, but I think the sweet pea and poppies, I think they're just going to be a lot happier if I do them in the root plug trays. So I'm going to try that next year and we'll see how it goes. But like I said, I think in combination with the containers plus that soil, I think I'm going to get much better results next year. So let's talk about germination. Uh, so actually, before I get to germination, um, with respect to those plug trays, I'm going to, I think I'm going to get... <coughs> I'm either going to do, get like some PVC pipe and create like a hoop over it to kind of create that greenhouse effect a little bit, or I may just get some plastic containers and uh, drill holes in them and basically turn it upside down on top of the, on top of the, um, those trays to kind of once again, give it that, that greenhouse effect. I'll be playing around with it. Um, you know, I may, you know, I lumber is really expensive right now, but I may make a separate raised bed that's got nothing in it except for, you know, the sweet pea and that sort of thing. And that way I can just build a hoop right over that. So that's probably what I'm going to do. But let's get back to germination. So overall, I would say that I had a really good germination rate. Uh, so things that did not germinate at all. The lilac pom-pom poppy. I didn't get a single seedling. I, you know, last year I thought I had gotten some seedlings, but you know, with my greenhouse flipping over and the tags flying off, I wasn't really sure what was in which tray. But I do remember with that when I grew poppies last year, I do remember that there was, there was one that didn't germinate at all. So it may have been the lilac pom-pom poppy. I don't know if I just got a bad batch of seeds because, you know, I've gone on Instagram, other people have had no problems. So maybe I just got a bad batch of seeds. And sometimes that happens. Uh, the Munstead lavender, I think I got a couple and I lost them for other reasons. But those, I did get germination. It was not... It was very, very low. Uh, germinating, you know, germinating lavender is very, is very difficult. And so I'm still working on the process. Like I said, I had much better germination rates with the winter sowing than I did trying them, you know, tr in the traditional way. But once again, I lost a lot. So I'm gonna have to work on uh, the process. Maybe, I mean, I know with, lavender because it tends to be like a little bit more dryness i think i may have to modify that and do like kind of like a winter sowing 
modification where I do that one in the hoop house so it gets the cold and although it will be getting I'll I can control the moisture better if that makes sense I think that will work a lot better germander if you guys remember I did like 600 cups of germander and I gotta be honest with you I think like only 28 cups germinated I put three to four C's in each cup because per the instructions it takes I said I think it's like three to four you know seeds per plant it has like a 25% germination rate I decided to winter sow that because I noticed on the I think it was the Montana or Missouri uh, botanical or like the their master gardener program they recommended it and obviously they're in a much colder zone than I did I am so I thought it would work and it just didn't um, it has a really really long germination rate and I think it like needs consistent like 35 degree excuse me not 35 degree 35 days straight of consistent you know 65 to 85 degree temperatures and we just did not have that here our weather was all over the place and so so I'm pretty sure the weather is the reason that it did not germinate so next year I mean I got a lot of germander I was able to purchase a lot at a really reasonable cost I may have to replace some because I don't know how hardy they're going to be with our winters. So I'm probably going to, you know, probably seed. I would try to, I think I'm going to try to seed like 50 just to have extras just in case something I have to pop out next year. What I think I'll do differently, I'll try a little bit of an experiment. So some of them I may wait later to do like uh, maybe March or April and I'll do them in my um, hoop house and so because it's definitely a lot warmer in there especially in March and it may give them the consistent temperatures that they need the other thing is that I did get seed mats and so I think with the seed mats if I start them inside it will definitely I'll definitely get them to germinate um, better um, I got a tip from Barbara from uh, the Stonebridge Garden Peddlers and she said that she had to do them on heat mats and she just said that they took a really, really long time to germinate. As a matter of fact, she thought she'd failed and tossed, like, tossed the mix out and then found some seedlings on, I don't know if it was in her compost pile or something. So yeah, so that was, that was really demoralizing, I gotta be honest with you. Um, the Snapdragons. I started some day and night snapdragons. They were supposed to go in the red section. They germinated, but they never really, they just wouldn't grow. They just kind of, it's like they got to a certain point and they just stopped. I'm not really sure what was going on with them. One thing I do know is that I did start some snapdragons later, like in March, and I did them in the hoop house. And although it did take them a little while to germinate, they were fine. Those are that was the Chantilly as well as the Madame Bronze Snapdragons that I started. <clears throat> so I think with Snapdragons, that's one of those plants I need to start a little bit later to have better success. So it's just that's the thing with winter sowing is that you don't sometimes you don't have to necessarily do it in the dead of winter, like in um, January, February. Some things you could start a little bit later. For example, nasturtiums. Um, I started nasturtiums. I did them 
what you would consider winter sewing because we were still getting freezing temperatures tonight. But I started them in March and I started them in my hoop house and they were fine. As a matter of fact, I've planted them out. They just, they did wonderful. Let's see, uh, sweet pea. Some of uh, the hot, let me try to think. I'm trying to think which ones I got. My navy did sprout. Um, unfortunately, because of how much I took on this year, I didn't get them in the ground, but they did bloom in their cups. Uh, let's see, the the um, salmon cream mammoth ones I got from Fairy Moores, those did sprout. The high scent ones sprouted like really well. I am trying to think, there's another one. I think the perennial sweet pea and also the old spice mix. Um, those were the ones that did the best. Um, some of the ones, a lot of the ones I got from Swallowtail uh, seeds did not, did not, did not germinate. I, now I did grow those the year before, but once again, I started it a little bit later. I started it in my hoop house last year and they did well. So that's one of the types that I think you can do, but I need to do it a little bit later. So one of the things I'm going to be doing is like a list of plants that I need to start in, you know, various months. So like January, February, those can be the cold ones, you know, really cold ones. March and April will be the ones that um, need a little bit more warmth. And I think we'll do a lot better than that. And so I think, yeah, so that was all for the ones that didn't germinate. <clears throat> oh, sunflowers. Yes, the sunflowers. Wow. I was really surprised. I started those in January. And, you know, I've had volunteer sunflowers and they didn't come up until April. And so this year I was really flabbergasted to see that the sunflower were sprouting when the snow and ice started melting in March. And I was like, oh my gosh, they're going to die. They're going to die. And, you know, they handled those 20 degree nights very well. I was really surprised. I went to Flags Garden Center, I think it was probably at the end of March, April, and I was talking to the owner and explaining to him that I had winter sowed sunflower, and he was like, no, like sunflower is tender, are you sure it's sunflower? And I'm looking at it, and I'm like, yeah, I, I, you know, I obviously, I know, you know, I know a sunflower when I see one, and not to mention, <clears throat> I mean, I had a little, you know, kernel, so I knew it was sunflower, and he was like, but it needs much, you know, warmer temperature. So that warmth could be could be one thing, but I don't even know if I did a video. You know what? I don't think I did a video or showed you guys the presentation I did for the Herb Society, but there's different types of seed dormancy that seed had ha, seeds have, and sometimes the dormancy can be temperature related, but then it also can be due to the shell. And I know for a lot of seeds, if you crack that shell or get that shell open, that triggers something for the plant to tell it to grow. So that's why, for example, with like sweet peas and nasturtiums and other things, you know, that's why I will tell you to soak them or nick the seed coat because that's what jump stops the germination process. So I think with the sunflower, because of the amount of moisture that we had, I think it caused the seed crack, the seed coat to crack very early. So I did some research on it with the sunflowers and apparently its ability to handle freezing temperature depends upon 
where it is in its life cycle. So yes, like the sunflowers that I've planted now, you know, that are six feet tall, yes, if we got a frost, it would absolutely kill them. But apparently when they're really young, they can actually handle freezing temperatures. And as long as the temperature doesn't go under 25, they're okay. So which I think we even, we did get some nights I think with 21, but they were all huddled together. And so I don't know if that, you know, kept it a little bit warmer. And the other thing is, you know, because that dome creates a greenhouse effect, you know, soil itself does trap heat. So I don't know if, you know, the other thing was that because it the temperature inside the little cups did get, you know, significantly warm during the day because I did stick my finger in it and it was noticeably warmer inside the cup. I don't know if like when this, that, that ground got really warm uh, because a combination of the greenhouse effect plus on top of that, I had it sitting on black asphalt and that also heats up. I don't know if the, just the soil itself was staying warmer um, overnight and that's why they were fine. But the sunflower... <laughs> I was surprised, but you know what? They're blooming now. And so, yeah, it was the weirdest, it was the weirdest thing ever. So I may start some sunflower earlier on, but I probably will wait till March for that because the other thing was that with them sprouting as early as what they did is that I did put them in the ground but especially the yellow ones more so than the red ones because the red ones I got in the ground much earlier. But the yellow ones, their growth was definitely stunning. I mean, when I put them in, they were probably like a foot and I wasn't anticipating that they were gonna grow much. They have, they've probably grown two feet. So they're about maybe four feet now, which I know that they would, if I if I had started them later and they hadn't been in their cups so long, I think they probably would have gotten five to six feet like they should. So I think I was definitely started a little later just so that when I'm ready to plant out, they won't have been in their cups as long. Um, another thing that I'm gonna change is that I had seed starting trays, but they don't have holes in them. So every time it snowed or rained, I had to keep dumping them out and I don't want the seedlings in that quite that much moisture. So I'm gonna get some mesh trays. So when I've been going to the garden centers lately and they've been giving me, you know, my tray, my plants and trays, I'm keeping the mesh trays. I did find somewhere where I can order some more mesh trays and that, that'll, number one, it, I can, you know, it'll give me the flexibility to move the cups around without doing them individually. But once again, you know, I don't have to worry about them, the cups sitting in water because that's definitely not good. So uh, then let's talk about the planting out process. Um, so first off, I'm happy to report that I did not lose any seedlings to, you know, flipping over issues. Um, I did lose seedlings because I did plant a lot, but I did lose a lot. But because, you know, I started with over 2000, even though I lost, I don't even know how many I lost. I really did lose. Well, you know, what? I take it back because some things didn't germinate. So I did lose a lot. I would say probably I left, I lost about a quarter of what I had, but because I started with so many, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't as noticeable. But one thing I definitely have to change for next year is planning, planting things out earlier. Uh, this year, I was terrified to start putting things in the ground early because 
our temperatures were not stabilizing. It was like super cold and then it was just back and forth and back and forth. And especially after I had done so much work in growing things, I was terrified that I would put things out and then, you know, we'd get a freeze and then I'd lose everything. So I probably, you know, waited a little longer than I should have. I mean, the whole point with winter sowing is that these are, you know, cold hardy annuals. They can take the cool weather. And the thing is, I did get some cold weather damage because even the poppies, like their leaves were off colored because of the cold. And, but I have a, I think I have a way to rectify that. Uh, so if I do winter sowing, which I am going to do it next year, you know, if we get snow or whatnot, when things start sprouting in March, I'm going to start planting things at the end of the end of March. Um, and so like the poppies, uh, the sweet peas, those are things I'm going to be getting out right away. And as a matter of fact, I'm going to make, once again, I'm going to do a calendar. So I'm going to start planting, you know, saying which, which cold hardy things need to be planted sooner rather than later. And so I think number one, because they're in the ground, the ground keeps the warmth much better than, you know, having stuff like in a container outside. I think that will help with um, any cold damage and it'll help them get established earlier. So what I would do, what I'm going to do for next year is I'm going to get some PVC pipe and I'm also going to get some like a landscape, uh, like those wood, like wood stakes. Um, you can get them in Lowe's. They sell them in, bo in boxes. They come in like three feet to in, I'm trying to think, do they have four feet? I don't think they have four feet, but they're like three feet, two feet and one foot. So what I'm going to do is I'm going like to basically pound the stakes into the ground and I'm going to get like half inch, uh, PVC pipe that's 10 feet. And I'm just gonna create hoops using, and I'm gonna anchor, like drill a hole through the PVC pipe into you know, the wood and, and do it that way. And that way I can, once I have the hoops, I'm gonna be putting frost cloth over top of everything. Um, I did use some frost cloth in the hoop house with things. It worked very well because like we got freezing temperatures and I covered my dahlias, which had already started sprouting and, and didn't have any frost damage on the dahlias at all. And dahlias, I mean, granted, you know, dahlias can handle like, you know, free, you know, a hard, a killing frost, which is 28 degrees. And I think we did get a killing frost, but the dahlias were fine. So I think if I do that over their beds with the frost cloth and I'll basically can staple the frost cloth to the, um, to the hoop, um, or excuse me, to the stake, you know, I can leave it that way because with the frost cloth, you know, it allows water, It you know, the sunlight still penetrates it. So basically it'll create kind of like a greenhouse effect without it actually being in a greenhouse. And the frost cloth will protect the, the plants down to, uh, let's see, I think down to eight degrees with one type and six degrees to another. So, and our temperatures usually don't get that, that low. So I think they're going to be I think they're going to be fine. So like I said, um, with the winter sowing, my goal is to start planting things at the end of March, uh, the beginning of April. 
uh, things like poppies, like with poppies, you really want to have them all in the ground, like around tax day really should be the latest you're getting stuff in. Um, the earlier, the better with the poppies, you know, I can definitely tell, you know, with the poppies, the ones that I planted earlier in the red section, because they were humongous. They were absolutely humongous. Um, the ones that I planted in the same red ones that I planted in the, in the driveway beds just did not, just did not do as well because of our, how our temperatures jumped. Uh, the other thing that I noticed is that with poppies, it seems like you can kind of secession plant them. So I did start some poppies in January and February, and then I started a not, another batch of poppies in um, March, like mid-March actually, when I got like the Angels Choir poppies. I tried starting some American Legion, those did not do well later. So I think the American Legions, I'll have to start earlier. But the Angels Choir poppies did very well. Um, I put them out a little later. They're, you know, they're blooming. Um, they definitely bloomed after the red section. And so what I'm gonna try with the poppies is, because apparently you can, some. I saw on some packs you can start them as late as April. I think what I'm gonna do is I'll do some like in January and February, I'll do another batch in March. Um, and in January and February, I'll start, I'll put some in like a freezer bag, like, you know, uh, to do like a cold tr stratification in the, in the refrigerator. And then come April, I'll pull them out and plant them up because I did put some um, Lauren's Great Magic in the ground recently and they're, they're small and they're more in a shade section, but they're starting to put on growth. So I'll probably get a later succession. So you know what? It's all about experimentation because if I can kind of stagger plant the poppies and, you know, just stagger plant the poppies and get blooms periodically through the summer, then it, you know, it's worth it because I really, really love them. I think those are probably my new favorite plant. So I'm trying to think. I think um, this year I was definitely ambitious with the amount that I was trying to get done. And I definitely did not make my goal, which is planting up the entire parterre garden by July 1st. I'm still working on it. Um, but July is typically the hottest month in, in uh, New Jersey. So with I'm going to finish the outer flower beds because I only have the blue section and the white section left. And then after that, with the interior sections, I'm probably gonna do some hardscaping, but I have vegetables. So I think what I'm gonna do is just plant the vegetables that I have in those center sections. Um, I'm also gonna start some more perennial seeds. Like I'm gonna start more hollyhock and lupine and some other things. And basically in fall, I'll plant those out. Obviously I'm gonna be using the um, ProMix BX mix. Um, so they get that really good root development and uh, go from there. Uh, so yeah, so but like I said, I'm looking to for to fall when I can just kind of take, um, you know, finally step back from everything that I've been doing because it's you know I pretty much started gardening of March of 2020 and I pretty much have not stopped doing stuff in the garden. So I'm getting a little um, I'm getting a little worn out. Um, I'm really happy with. The irrigation system that I have, um, the faucet timers are working out very well. Um, I'm actually, now that certain sections like the red section and the um, orange section, even the yellow sections, 
the yellow and first green sections are well established. I think I can dial back on the uh, watering and do them once every three days and I'll check, you know, uh, like I said, July is the hottest month. And if I, if the plants aren't wilting during the heat, then I can leave it that way. I don't want my perennials cause I, I'm trying to get, you know, I really want my garden to be a perennial garden. I don't get wrong, it's not that I will plant annuals, but I want the majority of the plants in there to be perennials and then I'm planting, um, you know, annuals around them. You know, with perennials, if you water them like every day, they will not develop a deep root system. So you may have to water them initially first to get them established, but once they get established, it, it needs to be a little less frequent. So I'm now ready to go to uh, once every three days and see how they work. And um, if they're doing, you know, if they're doing well, then, you know, maybe I can space it out a little bit more, maybe once every four days. I, I don't think I'm gonna get away with doing it once a week, but, you know, once every three to four days may be doable. Um, and of course, if we get rain, you know, the timers go into um, time, time delay and it kicked this, this entire thing back. So that way it's not, you know, I'm not overwatering the plants um, because like I said, I want everything to develop a really deep root system because once that happens, then in years to come, maybe I can get away with doing it once every four, you know, to, you know, to five days. Cause I'm try I do want to be conscious of the water um, that I'm using, expending. I just don't want to be, I mean, I have a well, so it's not like I'm paying, but I just don't want to be, I just don't want to be wasting water. And I want my plants to be as self-sufficient as they can. Uh, the other thing is that if I'm watering less frequently, uh, it's going to keep down, it's going to keep the weeds down because weeds are like any other plant, they need water. But if they're not getting water, but once every, you know, four days, it's going to be a little bit harder for them to grow. So, um, yeah, so that's where we are. Like I said, I'm really pleased with how everything, uh, how everything went, you know, I, you know, things didn't germinate. I did lose some, but you know, all in all I had, I still had a lot left over. Um, if everything had, I mean, I do, I'm going to run out of plants. I mean, I have enough to finish and I have a little bit of extras. I don't have enough to fill in the middle sections or the flower or the beds flanking the driveways like I wanted to. But like I said, I can always start seeds. Um, there have been a couple of new um, garden centers that I found, like for example, Pope's Garden Center, which is down in I think Waterford. Um, they have perennials, uh, three for $12. They're small, they're great. Um, I've gotten some from there. Um, I've been using working my connections, like for example, the with the um, Hardy Plant Society, I got some free plants there. So uh, wherever I can get a free plant, I am definitely getting free plants. And so, but the the beds flanking the driveway, I've decided that I'm going to go with the colors white, pink, red, and purples. That those are that's going to be the colors in there. And so I'm going to pack it out. Like I said, I'm going to be starting some perennial seedlings. Uh, because next year I want that to come in with a, you know, with a vengeance and, you know, I just, I want it to be, I want it to be pretty glorious. So anyway, guys, I don't want to keep you guys too long. I mean, I know you guys are probably listening to this while you're driving or whatnot, but that's pretty much it for the 
mid-year review. So since I did a mid-year review, that just occurred to me that that's a good topic for the next call-in show, which is I want to hear about how you're doing uh, thus far in your growing season. Is it going well? Is it no going not well? Um, any interesting problems or anything that's come up this season that you were not anticipating. So I think I'm going to do the call-in show for, let's go with July 23rd, which is a Friday. Uh, we'll start it at eight o'clock as before. And yes, so the call-in show topic will be, uh, tell me about your mid-season review, what's working, what's not working, any pest issues that, um, you've been having any fungal issues you've been having and you know what you've done about it so uh guys thank you so much for listening i do appreciate it i will see you guys or you guys will hear me in the next podcast i am uploading videos for the next couple weeks i'm going to be uploading a little bit more frequently to try to clear my backlog because if i stick to a once a week schedule you know come October, you'll still be, you know, in July, which obviously is not (laughs) time appropriate. Uh, So enjoy watching that. And um, I will see you guys on July 23rd at 8pm. Bye.